I we should, do you think we could, could have someone compose no. an iCarly like theme for the DI scoreboard? I mean, if the DI scoreboard is dying, why would they do that? You don't know that. That's was reminds me of too. when we looked into opening the DI pregame podcast with the jellyfish jam from SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. I mean, copyright stuff, I suppose, yeah. but. Who you know, we should, anyway. If we do another podcast, just have somebody else remake the Goofy Goober song from SpongeBob. Somebody being you? Yeah. I'll just sing it. Welcome back to the DI Scoreboard, everybody. I am your host, Austin Hansen, joined, as always, by my co-host, Chris Werner. Chris, it's a pleasure to be here for our last pod of the semester. It sure is. It is the last pod of the semester and could be, well, will be the last podcast with this crew specifically. Uh, we're not sure what the future holds for this podcast, but um, we're definitely going to take a trip down memory lane of sorts um, in this episode. And, you know, I, I loved most of the minutes of this, not every one of them, but uh, definitely more of them than I didn't like. So um, I'm, I'm just excited to, to debrief it a little bit. Yeah, Chris going with the sentimental route right out of the gate. But to be fair, it might be the last podcast with this particular group. Might be the last podcast with Chris and I as host co-hosts. We are also joined by a couple of DI scoreboard. I, I don't know. Do we want to call you guys alumni? Because regulars. Right. We'll go with regulars. Uh, we'll start with Robert, DI pregame editor. I should say retiring DI pregame editor. He's going to the to Shady Oaks retirement home or whatever it is. He's going to Oaknell. Yeah, he's going to Oaknell right by where I live after this to live out the rest of his days. Robert. How are you in these these waning days in your youth? It's a weird time, early retirement, you know, turned in that last DI story already. So as, you know, our wonderful sports coach would say, we're done here. But I suppose I can come back and do one last podcast with everybody. But you know what there is this weekend? Baseball. I thought you were going to be there, Chris. I know. I need company. <laughs> it would be weird for Robert to write this goodbye senior column and then oh yeah here's like his random baseball story that's my last one it was about a regular season game um we're also joined by Chloe Peterson she's not retiring but she is going to Arizona for the summer Ooh. is that is that that's public information you tweeted that right yes <laughs> it is I just want to equate this intro to that guy at the NFL draft that they had to cut off because he wouldn't stop talking, especially Chris's part of it, specifically. Chris was wordy. He was. Carly, <laughs> honestly, we could just cut out the my introduction of Chris and just go <laughs> right into it. Um, but Chris, you don't get to leave this anyway. Sit down. <laughs> I'm sitting down already. <laughs> okay. So there's not much sports content out there for us to talk about right now. NFL draft is in the books. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum, Iowa center was a first round pick. Dane Belton cash. He was a fourth round pick. 
Iowa had a lot of undrafted free agents like Jack Kerner, Tyler Goodson, Zach Van Valkenburg. Am I forgetting any, Robert? Uh, Caleb Shudak signed with the Titans. Uh, we've got Kyler Schott to Tampa Bay. He'll have a mini camp tryout. So uh, if things go well, it could be there for training camp this summer. Are we missing anybody else? Matt Hankins. Matt Hankins. Good call. Matt for the Falcons. I don't want this podcast to be downtrodden by Tyler Goodson slander. But after the Dreams to Reality series on YouTube to go undrafted and probably not make a roster, I don't want to say it's funny. I mean, the re- wasn't the reality to, to get to the NFL, though, and be signed by a team? Are you in the NFL if you sign an off-season workout thing and then you're cut before the preseason? I mean, what, isn't after he the on preseason? an NFL roster, though? Was that the? Do you think his dream was to make a a pre preseason roster and get cut? You know, Austin. I look at the positives. (laughs) You know, I just let the negative people do their thing, and you know. Okay, answer this question: uh Is Tyler Goodson good? Son. Son. Uh, He he has been good in the past at times, is what I'll say. He has potential. The critique oh, was really heavy bad. of him heading into that's the draft, bad. especially like we were talking about this the other day. The Lance Zerline, an analyst for NFL.com on Tyler's profile, was saying how it's basically not worth a draft pick to take him because at Iowa, in Zerline's mind, Goodson only really did what his offensive line put in front of him. He didn't run through anybody. He didn't fight for extra yards and it was a really long list of negatives um and apparently a lot of teams um had a similar mindset with tyler going undrafted yeah i mean he does have a lot of lateral speed and quickness and agility but in terms of like you know i would say burning speed or strength i would say that he might not have been the best running back on the roster in either of those categories last year. That might have secretly been Gavin Williams behind him all year. Um, at least Gavin Williams is a more physical runner. I feel like we know that. But we've we've talked about all of this stuff before. So, Robert, I want to give you the floor. You wrote, this, wrote the senior column. We talked about it. I guess come next week, you are an official DI alum. Do you want to talk about? I'll just I'll just give you this open platform to say what you want to say about your DI career and retirement. <laughs> it, it's been, you know, it's been an interesting ride starting out here as a freshman as a sports reporter, only to, you know, it. it I don't want to say unfair, but sports editor start of a pandemic, pregame editor. My first football season technically got canceled before they brought it back, so it's been about the weirdest time, as I know the three of you can relate to about the weirdest time you can start being a, a sports journalist. But yeah, as, as the three of you will find out next year when you, you think, oh, awesome, time to write the senior column. I've got so much I want to say, so many memories and thank yous and all this stuff. Then you get to actually write in the thing. It's like, well, what do I actually put down on the page? There, you know, I had a document where I just keep in notes and putting ideas down. And I stared at that bad boy for most of a night and a blank document on the other uh, tab. And, you know, cause you know, we, we do so much. And for me, my basically four years here started here is uh, about midway through my first semester of my freshman year, you know, got to talk about all the event, cool events I've gotten to cover, um, you know, whether it's three seasons worth of Iowa football or men's basketball games, um, big 10 championship events. And I think, four sports 
um, NCAA tournaments, men's and women's, just on and on, seeing so many cool moments um, that I've shared with the three of you and some older people, Pete Rudin and Anna Kaiser. Um, Did you just call Pete and Anna old people? Yeah, I snuck that yeah. in just to kind of see. Pete and Anna, if you're listening, I'm sure you'll understand. They're playing bridge later. <laughs> Two of the four listeners. Two of the four listeners. There you go. You guys are me. <laughs> we'll promote this one. Um, but yeah, seeing stuff like, I know, Chloe was there covering Penn State when they rushed the field. Um, Austin and Chloe, I guess, at the Cyhawk top 10 matchup in football this year where Austin was a little damp in the very warm press box. I wore pants and it was 120 degrees and I do think there was actually sweat dripping down my face. The other reporters from different outlets showed up in shorts and I felt so dumb. I ended up just being the big fat guy that was really sweaty all day. But you know what? Iowa won the game. We wrote some interesting stories and I don't know, I lost like 20 pounds of sweat <laughs> that day. But yeah, I mean, Chris, this year being in Northwestern and seeing Alex Padilla for the first time, which was kind of wild, you know, and endless moments, you know, to mention a few more, like Jordan Bohannon leaving his shoes on the court in Ames a couple of years ago and then not having a great follow-up performance in Ames this year, um, hitting, J-Bo hitting the game winner in the Big Ten tournament. That stretch of four days of the men's team cover or winning the uh, Big Ten tournament for the first time and uh, since 2006 was really a wild tournament, something I didn't necessarily expect. And uh, if anything, I kind of expected them, if they were going to win it during my time here, it's when we went uh, last year and they got bounced by Illinois. But that was a really surreal and cool opportunity to cover, as is the several other things I'm not mentioning. The Citrus Bowl, got to spend some time in Orlando. So yeah, I, I'm rambling here, but I think that just goes to show there's a lot of cool opportunities on getting to work in the sports section here. And I'm just appreciative to work at a place that, uh, as you all know, talking to some of our colleagues around the country, not a lot of student publications are committed or even financially able to send reporters, photographers, everybody across the country to all these road games. Um, or just down to Georgia to spend a couple of days with uh, what at the time seemed to be a, uh, <laughs> a very high profile running back in Tyler Goodson. Um, that was a really fun experience to be able to spend a couple of days with the Goodson family. But uh, as I mentioned in the, my column, and I don't know, I think you two have read it at this point, but some of the non-game oriented or story-oriented things that come up in four years working here are some of the best ones to laugh about. I'll point out Chris again dumping about 18 cookie or eating about 18 cookies in his first time in the Kinnick Stadium press box. The number, and then, the number goes up every time. Because it gets more fun. Yeah. Next time it'll be 25 and that might still be an understatement, but awesome. dumping the rest of them into his backpack at the end of the game and going home. Cookie Gate is now public. I mean, oh. the thing is, for me, Chris taking the cookies was a fine thing to do. If it's the last game of the season, those prepackaged cookies are probably <laughs> going to get thrown away. There are still games left on the schedule. And Chris is opening the backpack and dumping the media cookies in there. That was the home opener that year. <laughs> For all we know, Steve Rowe uh, went to that basket later in the night after a long day of work. And was like, I'm going to reward myself with a couple of cookies. <laughs> only to find an empty basket 
<laughs> yeah, I'll say this. It was quite an entrance to Kinnick Stadium for me. I think that's the first game I ever covered, too, there. That I, was. Iowa Athletics was in a $70 million budget <laughs> hole, and you took 36 cookies. I mean, yeah, to show them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, back on track. Uh, this this is just such a rambly conversation, but anytime we can pour some pour one out for the for Robert. Pour, oh yeah, pour some cookies out. Oh yeah, pour some cookies out before Chris takes them all. But <laughs> um, you know that as Siobhan, who I know we'll hear from at some point in this podcast, but wasn't able to join us live. You know, driving through some random dirt roads and cornfields to get to a hotel in West Lafayette that looks like it was out of The Shining. That was a fun experience in, in a way, yeah. But yeah, just a lot of positive memories with- I think you're forgetting a key feature of that hotel. Tell the people about the West Lafayette hotel elevator. Ah, uh, yes. The Like I said, it was out of The Shining, so it had the old wallpaper and the never-ending hallways and, and all that, but the elevator- which was very old and did not feel very safe riding in was covered by like an old fashioned curtain that you had to pull back to get in the elevator, which I took as a bad sign from the very start. I also took as a bad sign, the rainforest cafe situation they had going on inside the hotel where fake plants and wildlife was randomly placed throughout the uh, establishment. So and the place was giant too. It was really one of the more confusing hotels I've ever had the the luxury of staying in in my time at the DI. So I think my favorite Robert adjacent football story. Adjacent. It's it's a it's adjacent. It's a football adjacent story. It was the Iowa Wisconsin game in 2020, and it was oddly enough like my first or second football game ever. I can't remember which. But Tyler Goodson broke an 80-yard touchdown run in that game. And moments before, Robert said, I'm going to get up and go to the bathroom. Robert leaves. Goodson breaks the run. Robert gets back. And he goes, what just happened? And I'm like, oh, nothing. You only missed the biggest play Iowa had that entire year. Because as you know, Iowa's offense isn't very good. So those 80-yard touchdowns don't come often. And I I remember going back to my seat on press row and I was walking back as Goodson was making his way down the field. And I think I finally sat down a little after he finished celebrating in the end zone, but I remember walking back and I heard a little bit of noise from the crowd and I heard um, former KRUI radio guy, uh, Quinn Douglas really shouting at his call, which I didn't take for much because love Quinn. He'll sometimes shout for like a three yard game. Um, But yeah, it became apparent pretty quickly that uh, something big happened and that that was probably like one of five plays I plays that I missed that entire season of course it was probably the biggest one uh, the whole year just from a big play standpoint of all the football games we covered the most impressive thing I saw was Robert's ability to drink four Powerades mm-hmm. but not get up to pee the entire I, game <laughs> I'll tell you that Kinnick press box they just feed the Sprite and Powerade and water to you so Got to stay hydrated on the beat. It's not like the Marlins press box where they're, <laughs> they're charging you $3 a drink or whatever. Breaking the bank. 
but I, I forgot to mention that this podcast was kind of got kind of, you know, it was going to be one where we'd go down memory lane a little bit. We just kind of started talking about Tyler Goodson and now we're here. So Carly, I'll, I'll apologize for that in advance. I don't care what you guys do. Just don't make it over an hour at this point. But let's talk about Robert, your favorite thing you've ever covered. If you had to define one particular one thing you did. I'm going to guess it was the 53 to 10 blowout or whatever in the Big Ten type. Just just kidding. I know you said 53 for a very specific reason. Our hotel room 53 minutes away from Lucas Oil Stadium for the Big Ten championship football game. Uh, Love some Crawfordsville uh, hotels, but it wasn't as bad. It, It was only that bad because I thought we had been told it was like 20 to 30 minutes away and it ended up taking like an hour, but I... I digress. Um, you know, I hadn't really thought about favorite overall because uh, it's tough to compare all the things. So I'll name one, but then I'll throw some honorable mentions out there just because I can't pick. Um, it really would probably have to come down to um, this past run at the Big Ten men's basketball tournament, just uh, specifically. Well, it was kind of entertaining all four days. The first day, blowing out Northwestern and making that not even look like it was a college basketball team um most threes everything like that um the Rutgers game was also very competitive got some fire with the strength coach getting ejected on Rutgers end and Connor McCaffrey having a very entertaining interview afterward um then obviously Bohannon's three in the semifinal and then you know actually winning the thing against Purdue um so collectively I'd say that was probably my favorite event for the DI but like I said some honorable mentions uh Seeing Luca break the scoring record was a pretty cool thing, especially it was weird because it was the empty stadium and having that sort of tribute right after he did it in front of the cardboard cutouts was it it felt weird, but it was a cool it was especially cool since they weren't allowing fans or many people in Carver that year to be able to be on hand right about that in person. Um, So there was that favorite football game was probably either Penn State from this season where fans rushed the field. That was the first field rush game I have covered or one of the two Cyhawk games this year being the first top 10 matchup in the rivalry or a couple years ago where there was that botched punt return and a couple rain delays and we were there all day uh, with college game day there both times, which was really cool to see in person. Uh, so that's probably the top of the line. My rambling long answer to what's your one favorite event that I named several things with. And I'm sure through all this I'm forgetting something or leaving them out but that's what comes to mind. How did you feel about uh, the track meets that helped you kind of sink your teeth in this sports journalism? Track was fun I remember interviewing um, with Pete Rudin and him mentioning that they had an opening for a men's track beat and I immediately just overstated my knowledge of track and my expertise (laughs) on the sports like I had a couple cousins run track in college and I just kind of pushed that narrative that that meant I knew a lot about the sport Um, but it was fun tracks an interesting thing because with all the different events um, there's a lot of different elements to things a lot of different people involved with the team Um, so I really enjoyed the very long days at the recreation center at Kretzmeyer track and my first uh, real exposure to I don't want to say an elite athlete, but one of the best of the best with the law of its saga breaking. You want easy storylines. It's like, oh, which three records did she break this week? So um, 
it was fun. My first trip for the DI was covering the Drake relays with uh, Shafange and Kate Overton. Uh, me in the nice, warm press box with food and beverage available, them down on the rainy track. So that's why you pick writing. But <laughs> um, so yeah, track was fun and it, it just kept getting uh, more fun from there. I feel like an underrated fun event that you covered was the 2020 Music City Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> By covered, I wrote that Iowa was going there and I wrote the game was canceled. So it was a, uh, yeah, a very, uh, a quick one. Quick I got one. some days off over winter break. So we'll, uh, no <laughs> we'll say the positives there. But yeah, I feel like, you know, Iowa hangs a banner from the Music City Bowl. I feel like, you know, should get some sort of memento from that game. So I want to go kind of around the room now. I know that the three of us still have time left, but if we had to talk about one favorite game or event that we covered, I'll start with, which I can start if you guys need some time to think. I want to throw a bonus one out there just because I think it'll be fun. Like Austin said, favorite um, event or moment or whatever. Also favorite athlete slash coach to interview who made the best interview so for me I think my favorite event I ever covered which and this is going to be a really weird answer I feel like but I loved Big Ten football media days um, all the interviewing like that's the part of this that I liked the most um, and I thought it was really fun to like you know be in sort of that media hub at Lucas Oil Stadium like all the coaches and athletes you might want to talk to in the Big Ten are there. Um, we got to write some unique stories about like Michael Penix Jr. and some athletes from different places. Um, so that was kind of my most fun memory. And I think my favorite person to interview in general or my favorite coach slash athlete to cover is, is Tom Brands. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's an easy one. He's going to say what's on his mind and he's he's gonna call you out um if you're like me and in the front row laughing at something he said he's gonna call you out and be like see he's smiling he's laughing right there it's funny um but chris i would imagine you have a similar answer yeah i i had two in mind for my favorite interview one of them is has to be tom brands because uh he he shouts out my name at various times he actually knows who you during are. exactly unlike you know. tyler goodson Tyler Goodson wasn't on my list, um, but yes, Tyler Goodson doesn't know who I am. That's oh. correct. Um, so I'll go with Tom Brands because you never know really what is going to come out of that guy's mouth and how many different sets of ellipses you're going to have to use uh, in, in the quotes. I'll go with Alex Shockey for my other uh, favorite athlete to interview because I'm a big golf fan. He, you know, set a lot of records at Iowa. Uh, was Big Ten Player of the Year in 2021. He won uh, the Hawkeye Invitational for the second straight year last year, was Big Ten Championship runner-up. So he was, you know, a good player and also just seemed like we were just having a conversation every time. And uh, he was, he's a pretty funny guy and would always just say what he thought. Um, so I put them two as my favorite athletes. Favorite events, I also have two in that category. The first one would be the men's tennis match against Cornell in 2020, uh, right before right before COVID. 
and they had risen to number 20 in the country, the best uh, they'd ever been. And Jason Kirst had won um, the match that untied a three to three tie to for, for the <laughs> three tie. Won them the match four to three. And I feel like I'm getting edited right now. Um, I mean, we're, we're trying to train you. But, but... but yeah, they they got to the best ranking they'd ever been in a big mob scene on the court. Um, and then, obviously, after that, the, the t- it was announced that the team was going to get discontinued. And so I'll go with tennis one because of the significance. Obviously, the team got discontinued after that. And uh, the men's tennis program is no longer here. Um, and then I'll go with the Penn State Iowa wrestling match um, this this year. Um, just an electric atmosphere. Probably might be, you know, the loudest I've ever heard a heard an arena all shouting two at the same time. It really just showed that you know Iowa and Penn State are the two, maybe not top wrestling scores in the country um, rankings wise every year, but those are the two hotbeds for college wrestling. And just to see them collide and everyone, you know, was happy to be back in Carver after a year away. Um, so that was just kind of an atmosphere that I don't think I will uh, experience again. Well, I think I have a guess as to who your favorite athlete you've talked to is. And I think I have a guess as to what your favorite event you've ever covered is, but enlighten right. us. I, I want you to guess first. You want me to guess. I'm going to go with Caitlin Clark and this year's Big Ten Championship run. Um, I was going to go with Caitlin Clark and Monica Sinano, but I was going to say the Penn State football game. Ah, okay. That's a fair one. I mean, Penn State football game was electric, as Chris said, with wrestling. Shout out Tom Kaker for telling us how to not get trampled by the <laughs> I, fans. Yeah, I was just about to say for the Hawkeye Report writer, Tom <laughs> Kaker, when we all went down to the field, um, when Robert and I went down to the field, he was yelling at us at how to not get trampled by people. He was just like, go with the center, run with the people. And we ran with the people and we didn't get trampled. Almost lost, lost Robert for a while there, but then we followed Scott Dockerman and Nicole Auerbach to the, um, to the tunnel, got yelled at by some other people. It was a great time. Yeah. No shout out to the security guard who <laughs> grabbed me by the shoulder and said I couldn't go with the other media. Yeah, we hated that part, but the whole the whole field storming, electric time. I had no idea what was going on for half of it, but it was fun. So you you got back there for interviews though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. plenty of time. <laughs> They had to let all the players through first, apparently. Well, you guys were nice and comfy in the press box and navigating to get through the tunnel. I got smashed into a wall (laughs) as a fan. Everyone was like rushing the field. And then I hopped. I was the last person to hop onto the field over the um, fence at Kinnick Stadium or the wall. And from there, people were trying to get out, but to unpack, like, the people from the center push. And I ended up just getting smashed <laughs> against the wall. Wasn't an entirely safe thing to do. No. Was it fun? Eh. <laughs> but it was a good game. So we take what we can get there. So we have, I would say, about about nine to ten minutes left. I want to talk about... I, I, I want to talk about the DI scoreboard and what I, what I feel like it's done for this group um, in general. That's exactly. I think that that um, the DI scoreboard, this podcast, we were all, I would say, 
acquainted before we started this podcast. Um, maybe Chris and I were beyond acquaintances. Besties. But yeah, besties. Yeah, dude, that disrespect. <laughs> beyond acquaintances. Oh, come on. Beyond the I, the, when I, I had to introduce myself to you three times before you remembered my name. It's true. <laughs> um, no, I will never, I'll never let well, you forget it. Maybe you will. Are you going to be like the the best man in this wedding and you're going to be like, so I had to introduce myself three times. Don't give him ideas. <laughs> I will hold that over <laughs> again. <laughs> If you die before me and I'm oh, delivering what the- <laughs> I'm delivering your eulogy, that's in the lead. Well now I mean not put you here's my eulogy. I mean, you can Chris might murder you now to make sure that doesn't happen. If we're can just- you write it down like a piece of paper who you'd want to give me? Why are we talking about this? We're all like early 20s. God. I wasn't gonna start out with I had to introduce myself to Chris three times. Now I wish I could only talk to him one more time. <laughs> this podcast has brought us all really close together. Chris, if you died before me. <laughs> wow. If it's getting down to the wire and we're both like 85, I'm going to order it or something. What? Just like a couple of <laughs> I need to make sure I get that eulogy. <laughs> okay, back on track. I think what the the DI scoreboard did was was take a group of of I would say two besties um, and some acquaintances into a group of friends, as evidenced by our our just eulogy conversation we just had. Nothing um, says friendship, like, I'm going to put a hit out on you. <laughs> you wouldn't say that to someone who's not your friend. If you did, you'd go to jail. <laughs> I mean, you just said we weren't friends. You said we're more than acquaintances. <laughs> What's What are two people that are more than acquaintances, though? Colleagues? <laughs> no. <laughs> Besties. Best, my, my chain of, like, acquaintanceship to friendship is literally acquaintance bestie. <laughs> It's a one-step process. You said I was wordy with this intro. Let's just everyone go around and and say something about the DI scoreboard that they appreciate, that they remember, something along those lines. Chris, you were the the co-host this year. I'll let you lead the way. I'll start by, I'll bring it all the way back to the beginning. I remember I think the first line I ever said on this podcast was like something like I have the face for podcasting or something and that was probably the worst opening line anyone's ever said but it's something that will stick (laughs) and our lovely producer Carly Dahlberg is laughing hysterically on the zoom screen but that little did I know that was the start of you know just it was during i'll go back to during the pandemic we talked about how when i was a i was a regular guest before i became co-host in in shivanch's early retirement as you like to say austin but it was you know a t- one time every week where you know we we knew where we needed to be just have a nice talk about sports and the connection there was really really important during that time um and then fast forward and i, I just appreciated 
just the candidness we were able to to communicate with and I don't know I just felt a lot better every time like we recorded this after the after we had done been done recording it was just like felt like you did something you really enjoyed and I feel like everybody uh, on this on this team did and I also you know just enjoyed talking to the athletes as well because I feel like this podcast I know there are other podcasts out there but this was a side that I don't think um, we would have seen to the athletes we interviewed if we hadn't talked to them uh, on this platform because you know after a game or in a press conference they don't quite have the time and they have these all these answers that are kind of sound you know kind of mechanical but on a podcast form it's more open so I really enjoyed that connection as well yeah I think you're right in a time where um we didn't have a lot of human interaction during the pandemic because everything was remote. The BI scoreboard was definitely a spot for us um, to come and have a conversation with one another, uh, hang out with each other. So um, I really appreciated that every week, you know, it, it got you your fill of, of human interaction for the week. Um, and when we, when we really, I mean, when we weren't seeing anybody um, and we were just, no, there was no newsroom. We didn't come in here. The BI scoreboard was sort of our way to, to chat it up, but I can, I can throw it around the room. Um, Chloe, do you want to go next? You're sort of like the, um, the newest comer in here to the DI scoreboard. The token woman of the scoreboard. <laughs> <sighs> One of my favorite pastimes is saying I'm the token woman of the scoreboard and then Austin gets uncomfortable. But anyway, one of my favorite memories of the DI scoreboard is my first ever time coming on the podcast. And Austin had a very unfortunate transition from one topic to another which I will not repeat because Carly would probably have to take that right out but it was I don't know I liked being on the scoreboard made me feel like I had something to do and people to talk to every week for a while Robert I, I'll mention a couple things to transition from Chloe's mention of a transition when you introduced <laughs> Chloe as a non-award winner <laughs> Ooh, that, that was, was a that was a good one mm um ironically i am now the only non-award nominee in this room <laughs> i think chris you too <laughs> but anyway um on a more po personal note i guess um for one always having to cut out like two and a half hours for this bad boy even though it's like a 30 minute podcast uh and two when i still had my old laptop and the speakers weren't good so i'd have to oh, yes. <laughs> zoom in from my phone and my laptop to get picture and audio um it's the memories like that that you'll never forget <laughs> memories of speaking of non-award winners oh i remember robert used to join and his you could you could before we even started talking you just hear <laughs> we ran a couple podcasts with that computer fan whirring in the background <laughs> i think with all the zoom that i had to do on my previous computer it was inevitably just going to explode if i hadn't gotten a new one <laughs> my computer is getting to that point but we're going to just tough it out with that till i'm done with college which is ironically only a semester away mm. but anyway carly you've been the producer all year so i'll give you this time to sort of give us your thoughts on the scoreboard Although I know absolutely nothing about sports, except for a very baseline knowledge of football and baseball, I can watch them and know what's going on. I have very much enjoyed learning a lot more about sports. You guys know what you're talking about all the time, and I feel completely stupid in the background editing this every week, but 
I loved being a part of this team. I learned a lot. I made some really great friends. And although it did take, it does take me about three hours every week to edit this beast of a podcast. I laugh every single time because I get to re-listen to the things we said during the podcast that put me in tears in the first place. Yeah, mostly from Chris. Austin's pointing at Chris. A lot of them from Chris, including the one him saying he's a face for podcasting. I do remember that now that he said that he has said that at least once during this time. But although it did take up a good chunk of my time, I never regretted doing it. I've always enjoyed being here. I have never laughed harder than with these people and I do appreciate the scoreboard for giving me an opportunity every week to fold my laundry because during first semester I would always save my laundry for during the scoreboard so I could fold it and I've done many study guides during this time I've searched for apartments but I've also had Chris make fun of me for my lack of sports knowledge during this time which you know what if he dies early, then I'll have something to say about it at his funeral too, I guess. So, but yeah, I, I really do enjoy doing the scoreboard and I'm going to miss it very much. I'm going to miss this group of people quite a bit. Every week, it was an element of consistency because in case you, if you're a regular listener, you'll know Austin says the same exact thing in the same exact tone to introduce and send off the podcast every week. Um, so I very much enjoy being around you guys, and this has been a great opportunity for me. If Kelsey Harrell, our, our former producer, shows up, um, we'll, we'll give her the floor to say anything she would like about the scoreboard without her. Uh, this would never have gotten off the ground, pretty much because she asked me um, two years ago, hey, do you still want to do a sports podcast? And I said, Sure. So I can I can claim to say that I have done all this hard work uh, to get the podcast off the ground and this and that, but really all I did was was sit here in the host chair uh, while people like Carly and Shavanch uh, and Kelsey did all the hard work behind the scenes. Um, and a lot of my um, purpose here was facilitating things that Robert, Chris, or Chloe might say. So I, I would say I did the easy job, but. Um, to sort of put a bow on this, I really appreciate everyone coming on the scoreboard all these Tuesdays and Wednesdays for the last two years. Um, I know we've taken a lot of time, probably days off your life doing this, um, but I, I, I do appreciate it. It's um, one of the, my favorite things I've ever done during my DI career. Um, if we can keep doing it and I can keep doing it, I would love to, um, but we shall see um what what's to come of the di scoreboard in the future so with that i will do the i don't know final slash maybe final di scoreboard send off if everyone's ready to to wrap up and go i don't know copy edit lame <laughs> this has been the di scoreboard i have been your host austin hansen i appreciate everyone that's helped with the, the di scoreboard over the years Carly Dahlberg, our current editor, producer, Siobhan Chahuja, my former co-host, editor, and producer, Chris, my current co-host, Chloe Peterson, assistant sports editor here, frequent guest, Robert Reed, uh, retiring pregame editor, frequent guest, 
I appreciate all their efforts. And um, as always, the DI scoreboard uh, was never sponsored by anybody. But Chris, do you have one last? Possibly Powerade and Sprite, the official fuel of rubbery. <laughs>